This is the podcast stereo blacklist podcast for this week's episode, Cape May. No number. This week I'm joined by Sam as uh, Dave is uh, off and away. So as we say in other ways, this is, um, I don't know, going to be something A very different. special episode. A very special episode. This is what it sounds like when doves cry, actually. This is... Yes. Um, <laughs> thank, thank you for mentioning that. I, I figured I have to bring it up. You and everybody else. Everybody else in the world. Okay, yes, today is the day that Prince died. That's when we recorded this episode. And it's actually, it's one of Dave's maybe most favorite musicians ever. So it's kind of sad that we don't have him here to talk about that. But uh, I'm sure he'll bring it up in a future episode. Great. Since we didn't have a chance to ask him here. So moving right along. Cape May. Uh this is one of those episodes that you really just had to stop and take in. I felt like every note I wrote was irrelevant. I don't know how you yeah. felt. <laughs> it was, it it was like a mix of The Shining. Um, it was flashbacky, as all hell, which I don't think was a surprise early on. I don't know. Did you pick up on that right away? Um, I was questioning because it starts out with with Red like having bad dreams, right, and. Just the idea of Red having dreams that are bad. I mean, I know he's got a lot of crap going on, but that was like a weird insight into Red's head for just a split second there. Um, so then after that, it wasn't until I saw... I'm jumping ahead. It's That's okay. Bit. We could jump around. <laughs> it wasn't until I saw um, the woman walking the water that I'm like, oh, I know exactly what this is going to be. Right, because we <laughs> talked about the woman walking into the water. So either this is like some amazing parallel to what has happened to him before or we're watching what happened to him before. So this was a neat way of telling backstory by having it through some flashback. Um, oh, well, so this is where it got weird for me because the whole episode, and I'm not sure if it was because it was a really puzzle-like episode or because it was a little sloppy that um, the whole episode I'm jumping between is this reality is this in Red's head right well that's that's where I got the shining feel it's like yes, you know you saw absolutely. you saw like that was the first note I wrote when he saw the woman behind the counter at the at the inn and then she wasn't there I'm like oh this yep. is gonna be just like that we're gonna he's gonna walk down a hallway and you know see two twins at the end I just it, it felt like that kind of a uh feel to it and i didn't hate that like i said i thought it was a very good episode it was um it kept my attention i just wasn't sure that i was taking a lot of notes uh i, I was i was making a lot of observations on the style of the episode rather than the storytelling because i thought the storytelling was okay it was really just giving us that insight into what he's kind of already told us just a little more in depth a little more detail yeah i think that's what we derived from this episode i was writing notes that were very detailed, like in, in minutia-like detail, sure. that none of it matters. The point was, um, this is the backstory we've always wanted to find out why he knows Lizzie, what the connection is. Right. And, and the decisions he had to make, uh, letting her go, um, his love go, to take care of the daughter, could have saved them, one of them or could have let them both go. Uh, because I just the stylistic stuff from the, the get go, I loved though just the whole thing in the cat in the diner, which was like this tiny little scene, 
but I just love the zoom in of the bloodshot eyes and just his observation going around and it's kind of like he's almost remembering uh, this is this seems familiar yeah to me yeah, i did like the the details that like i said the narrative was kind of confusing to me but it was definitely captivating mm-hmm. right you weren't quite sure like i really thought he was just going to wake up on the beach still sitting in that chair uh I, you weren't really sure when did we phase into it was it the moment i mean because honestly he saw her at the diner but then Caesar again at the beach. So at, at what moment, like, or he'd wake up still in the cab on his way to Cape May. Yeah, I, I just I wasn't quite sure. I thought he might wake up in in the bed where he was having the bad dream. Sure. Oh, in the uh, little Chinese uh, yeah. uh, underbelly Salon there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's that's right. You were going back to there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's it was that would have fit the disoriented Ray coming out of that. Yeah. Yeah. That would have made sense too had it gone back to that. Uh, like I said, a lot, lots going on with how they were presenting the story. The story itself was, like I said, pretty straightforward. We knew that she, well, maybe died. I mean, that's no. And it's still not known. Yeah, this like, episode it didn't clarify that. Right. This episode didn't show us some sort of flashback to where he's holding her drowned body and and sobbing over her. You know, afterwards, this was he. He still doesn't know what happened to her. Last he saw was she was walking out into the ocean. And that was that. But uh, that's kind of still how it ended. I don't want to say this whole thing was like his penance or anything, because it really wasn't. It was more of just his... We were exploring the connection to Lizzie while um, he was going through that experience as a way of... Because obviously this scenario with Lizzie's mom paralleled the scenario with Lizzie and her right. daughter. And he was, in a way, exploring that, and reliving that, and we were getting backstory. Correct. And they were trying to tease you that this is in the present by showing you uh, uh, flashbacks with uh, him talking to Tom, and Tom saying, you know, go away. Uh, you're not going to be a part of this. You're not going to ruin this child's life like you ruin Lizzie's. And when he's talking to this woman, uh, you know, he talks about how uh, he, he made the choice to not see this child grow up because the real father told her so which is interesting because we haven't gotten real clarity on who the real father is however i think that the way this story tells is i don't want to say definitive but it feels definitive that red's definitely not the father of of lizzie If, if he was willing to let go of her and not be part of Lizzie's childhood, because that's what he was talking about, um, because the father told her to go away. I, I thought I, they were talking about Unless Tom. he was talking about Tom with his flashback. That Again, this is where it kind of gets a little disjointed. This is where it gets a little, yeah. And I feel like this is, they were, the, the, the presentation of the scenes were to fool us when he was really just reliving what he has said in the past, and that it was just paralleling. Um, with what I couldn't tell if he was really broken up about. To me, it seemed like the the emotions he was feeling was over what happened with Lizzie and her daughter and Tom, mm-hmm. even though it parallels what happened with sure. um, Mom. I think it. I I, th- I think I feel like that's older and not as fresh as as what just happened. But even Mom says to the point that she um, 
you know, had to leave her daughter, let her daughter go to be yeah. with the father. So, again, we, we don't know still the details of what happened that night when Lizzie got burned and other than she was the one that fired the gun, but was it her father that she killed? I mean, we still don't have all the details as to what happened then. We we really don't know. Even if Red's not the father, we still don't know who the father is. And there's so many questions unanswered, but we were kind of given a reboot as to a reminder of there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. Well, did it seem like, <coughs> sorry, if Red... Red's only experience with, uh, is this Rostova? Is that her name? Yes. His only experience with Rostova was like essentially one night or one or two days or whatever it was. Like it, it almost suggested that if this is the experience he's reliving, they didn't actually spend a lot of time together. And I, I'm missing some backstory here because I haven't seen the, those first season episodes. But. Yeah, but there really wasn't much about that in the first season. I, I agree because we're, we're given the sense that uh, he was there the night that Lizzie shot the, or her father or, and that um, her mother, Sasha Rostova, was there. But he agreed. I think this is, you know, like he said, I don't even know your name. Oh, you know my name, Raymond. As if this was like the yeah. only night that they were together. Agreed. Right, like, yeah. he, like he stumbled upon her originally and... Uh, in in this same circumstance, saved her, spent the night with her, saved her from uh, the attack on the inn, and then she went to do what she did on her she own. She clearly had the kid already Correct. by that time. Obviously, and, yes. And she didn't, and he didn't stay out of Lizzie's life. He was still a part of her life. So this is why I think this is more about staying out of the daughter's life because Tom said so. So he was he, okay. So he was bringing what has recently happened into his past story and kind of right. They're they're almost they're using one to explain the other. Like the the things he got out of the experience with Rostova is informing his experience going forward with sure. Lizzie's daughter and Tom. Possibly, maybe it's <laughs> a I don't want to screw it up like I did then or something. Right. We don't know. But. And this is the danger that you take in doing this kind of stylistic episode in a show like this that is more of just one of those uh, story arc shows where you, you sneak in a telling episode, but you do it in a way that it's in many ways confusing. Because uh, I'm really looking for the angle here in the episode, and I was having a tough time, like you said, because... It was disjointed, even though I knew what they were doing. I, 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 it, it was not a surprise to me that this was a flashback. Uh, it wasn't a surprise to me when he goes back into the house and sees everything perfectly fine and wasn't all distraught like the previous night made him think it was. Right. But, uh, yeah, because of the keep going in while, while he's talking to Rostova there and keep seeing the things about Tom saying stay away, right, trying to piece it together this is almost one i'd have to watch again and try to you know connect the dots a little better um like build the timeline exactly yeah a timeline um try to write okay this this is this is a past sequence okay here's where he's kind of breaking from that past sequence and thinking ahead um but nonetheless like i said i i enjoyed it um it it didn't answer Many questions, I think, it just more reminded us of the questions we have. Well, okay, so we, 
let, let's say that it didn't answer the, the questions about Rostova's history because it basically just showed us what we already knew. Right. But instead, it gives us some insight into Red's mental state and mm -hmm. the things he's wrestling with. Because this was very much an episode in Red's head, more than pretty right. much any other episode I've seen. Right. And I think that's what made it interesting because we saw Red actually have emotional moments that were mm -hmm. more intense than stuff we've seen before. So I think that's the takeaway is we see what Red is going through internally. And then in future episodes, we're going to see how that turmoil is affecting his other work. And we don't yet know if that means he's going to be more rage-filled or more withdrawn or what, but it gives us some background to explain what's going to happen. Absolutely, and if, if this is definitely the situation where he only knew her for that weekend rather than knew her for a long time, and that was the only time he knew her and his way to make it up to her for not being able to save her from walking into the water was to raise her child so that she would be safe, knowing that the mother came from a background where she would never be safe, as she talked about, uh, then... You know, Red, very well, the the night where Lizzie shoots her father could have been where Red was going to take her. Uh, take her away to put her into a safer, well, with his intent to, to put her in a safer situation. And obviously it didn't work out to her demise from last week. Mm -hmm. If I would piece it together that way. <laughs> Lots to think about here. I... I I think it's great. I, I, I'm interested in seeing where we go from here. I don't know if we... I mean, I don't expect that we're going to follow this train of thought next week. I think we'll get back into some bad guy stuff. But uh, agreed. It, it it gave us a, a look at Red and to show us how great James Spader is at acting, too. Just Definitely. Yeah, he, he, he carries himself so well on screen. And um, he, he's so good when he's in this character because... You know, we see him be the manipulative guy. We see him be the cold killer guy. But now we see him kind of be in a vulnerable state where he can't control the outcome. What's going to happen is going to happen, and there's nothing he can do to stop it. And his whole life has been that he's always been in control. Mm -hmm. So I think it's neat to see him in that situation where, you know, especially at the end where he runs out and just if there's anything he can do, they find the little necklace and kind of almost gave him a little closure to that moment in his life. Do you think it, I mean, it couldn't have been there all that time and he just found it. Cause I'm, he never, so in their little exchange over that day or so, she never told him her name. And I was wondering if the necklace was how he found out her name and tracked down Lizzie or something. So you think the finding the necklace was a flashback as well? I think so. So mm -hmm. if if it was just, you know, he thinks she's gone, heads out on the beach, finds a necklace or, you know, metal detector guy, <laughs> strange right. hermit with the metal detector, finds the necklace, um, that might have happened at that time. Yeah, I really thought that guy was going to be a reveal of somebody. Uh, I, I was actually kind of surprised that he was nobody. I, I really thought he'd look up and it turned out he was like the cop or something. No, I think the importance of that was to connect to when Red was sitting in the chair on the beach and you could see that guy there and then the thing with Rostova happened. So the the old metal detector guy says, I didn't see 
any woman. I just saw you. For the last two weeks. Right. So yeah. that was just an indication that um, and it was all in Red's head, just it, reaffirming that. And the other thing, though, I'm kind of wondering, and I'm trying to go back and remember earlier on, and I'll have to go back and look at this, was the metal detector guy always that kind of old yeah. you know, fisherman guy in the beginning, or was he younger in the beginning? No, no, he was old bearded old guy. Old bearded guy, okay. Because I wasn't sure if that was something where you know it was the same metal detecting guy you know, 20 years ago or whatever. No, I think the other thing that threw me off, too, was that even though you know this quote-unquote flashback was obviously a flashback to the past, everything was still modern. Yeah, everything around him was actually happening. Just his interaction with her and then the attack on the inn was the flashback. Right. Like, but like, the, like the, the cop they, coming. They still had modern guns. They still had cell phones. They had burner phones. But, sure. you know, it wasn't like this happened 30 years ago. Right. You're not looking at a yeah 1980s car, getaway car. So that was, I think, in a way, um, almost... Uh, a way to cast doubt on what's going on. It was just like a, a storytelling um, sure. okay. tool to to cast doubt on what's to make you keep wondering what's going on. Because if, if if that flashback took place in the eighties, it would be clear that this was this was the eighties a flashback, yeah. right? And you had the well, that's what I was thinking too. Is yeah, every but everything else going around him was pretty consistent with his time that he's in right now. Uh, the cop showing up and, uh, you know, she's nowhere to be seen. And, you know, then she shows up like right there when the cop leaves and saying he knows. Uh, but the voice is in his head. Yeah. There was that really one. The only weird flashback type moment was when he looks at the, the front desk the first time and it's a rotary phone. And then he looks back and it's like a, you know, a normal. Yeah, normal yeah, uh, extension phone. phone. Uh, and right. And then you have that little quick blip of the lady behind it can i help you uh and that's again it, and it could have been the intentional style was to keep it disjointed so it keeps you guessing keeps you wondering mm -hmm. what what's real and what's not in his you know what's in his head and what's really happening around him uh i think that was intentional and i think it i kind of you know it, it's an interesting storytelling storytelling technique but i also mm -hmm. find that intentionally jerking me around like that is it's, it's it's the manipulation of it you know well right that especially especially when you're trying to tell us something yeah so like don't distract me by <laughs> trying to figure out the timeline or what the hell is going on just tell the story you're trying to. and tell. i think that's why i had trouble taking good notes about it because i felt like i i gotta pay attention to what's going on because this is there's too much going on. The storytelling is disjointed, and they're trying to tell me something important about the past, but they're trying to confuse me at the same time with bouncing around. There was a lot going on there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to look for particulars that I did write down. Uh, we talked about what the Hobson's choice, the save one or lose both, uh, mm -hmm. and that now that Lizzie's gone, there's nothing left for him. Since he's going to, well, he's been told to stay away from the baby. Right. I mean, he he's dedicated his life in a lot of ways to protecting Liz, even if he's not visible in her life. Mm -hmm. And um, now it's like he wants to protect the daughter, and he's told not to. And it's like, what do I do? I I have this compulsion to save her, 
but right. there's nothing I can do. I ha- yeah, and by killing the father, getting the father out of the way, it'd be hurting her. Yeah, and it's interesting that he comes to that conclusion. Like he, and, and in fact, that raises the issue: Did Red kill her foster father or um, adopted father, and not Liz? Maybe he tried that once, and now he's saying, "I can't do this again." Well, I mean, she had the adopted father that had lived and, and died in the. Uh, who died in the fire? Okay, the, the, well, I, I assume that was shot? well. Who we assume that was her shoot. father, father, her actual biological father. Uh, at least that's what they kind of tease us with. But then they keep teasing us that Liz could be the dad, or who knows? Uh, the Sam, who was the adopted father, uh, lived on and. Okay. Um, died from cancer or something many okay, years later. Okay, but you see my point. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Maybe it's... if if Red is saying, "Oh, I can't, I can't kill Tom," that's not the right approach. Maybe that's the the takeaway here is he did that once and right. he hurt Liz in the process. Well, that's what I'm saying. Recognizing, yeah, it's consistent with what you were saying that uh, if he's talk, if he only met her, uh, the mother, uh, for that one weekend. And they had their moment, and then he felt like to 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 redeem what went wrong that weekend. I'm going to go raise her at all costs, mm-hmm. raise Lizzie. Then, when the fire happens, it could all be because I mean there was Lizzie has this memory of her mother being there arguing with her father, but maybe it wasn't her mother because she has no memory really of her mother either. Uh, so words were said. Yeah. So something. <laughs> And maybe there was a fight, and you know, mom got upset, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to put the pieces together. Well, that's what I mean. There, there's so much we're learning about the past. We got, we, we, we need this arc of, you know, there's this timeline to tell us what's happening when, because we, we even Liz is going back in when, when they they had the episode about uh, Lizzie going with the uh, hypnotist and kind of reliving what happened that night in the fire. We still didn't get any clear conclusions there either, other than that Red was there. Do you think it's important that we know these answers? I mean, I think it, it well, it's, I think it's the point of the show in the end. You know, why I, I think really what it's going to come down to is uh, we don't know why Lizzie's important. Because why would she have been in danger? Anyway, because of mom, right? But why? Why? What was mom so important about? What? What? What's? What makes this family important that Red felt inclined? What to made be- these people come after? Yeah, Rostova to begin with, right? Right. And what made Red feel that you know by not helping her that he had to protect his daughter? Other than just, I mean, if it's as simple as what we saw in this episode that he couldn't keep the mother from killing herself, well, that he'll protect but- the daughter for life from any danger. My know. weird takeaway is I'm not sure those answers like obviously that that's the focus of the of the the series that's what the mm-hmm. those are the questions the series presents to us at the beginning but there's kind of a point where I don't think these need to be resolved for this to be an, uh, an enjoyable series and I don't know if they're going to hit that wall and go eh, whatever let's just move on well and and like, they're going to keep pushing it yeah well and like a story arc show you have to have some conclusion um that the the viewers want. The problem is with like a lot of these shows is sometimes the viewers don't get the answers they want, and it's either intentional or the writers don't even know, and they end up just kind of 
tying it all up the best they can and you know we don't get all the answers we want you know i don't feel like this show is you know raising the questions like lost or a show like that did no. where, i don't think this could jump the shark quite like lost did. right where it get, yeah it gets so far it's ahead of itself scary. that there's no way to get out and they just got to make it up as they go i think they could give it to us if they wanted to but they have to keep it going well right i, I it, it's 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 the the, the trail of Reese's Pieces, right? Like, yeah. they have to keep us wanting. Because I guess if, if we do know those answers, and if those answers are important to knowing the whole point of the story, what keeps us watching at that point? Uh, so that means, because right now we don't really, we, we kind of have a villain in the dark right now, so we're, we're going to build towards that villain. I don't know what their intention is for the length of this series. Uh, it's been renewed for a fourth season. So if they're going to continue on through next year and have plans to go, you know, six, seven, eight seasons... You know, there's they, there's a lot of shadows they got to keep us in. You know, we don't know what. Yeah, and they got but they got to raise more questions. I mean, again, these are the questions that they've raised since the beginning, and we still don't know the answers to. You know, eventually they'll get told, and you know, we could tie it all together. Um, I, you know, I don't know if it's not going to be groundbreaking or anything like that. It's you know, is it going to be as you know, is it going to be a cop out and a throwaway like X Files did, or is it going to give us something, uh, you know, more um, satisfying? You know, yeah, satisfying. And and I'm I'm not sure it'll get to that route. You know, we have sh- you know podcasts like this, and we talk about this, and we try to delve into all these questions, and not sure we uh, we won't know until we get there. We not sure we even know, <laughs> but it, it's it's fun guessing still. That's so. fair. Okay. Um, so I guess moving forward, there's, uh, I believe, if my math is right, four more episodes uh, to go in the season. Uh, this one was the first one we've had in the whole series. It wasn't numbered and it wasn't a bad guy name. It was just a location. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of neat, and maybe we'll have more of those moving forward, which would be uh, kind of cool, some backstory episodes that don't really focus on a bad guy and just give us some uh, exposition. At the Blacklist. But we got to get back to the blacklist. That's the name of the show. So I, I think we're going to find out, though, as we hit the end of the season, you know, we're, we're going to hit this, you know, sprint to the end now where we find out who the the head bad guy is for this next, you know, faction that's after us. Um, and we'll probably cliffhang with that, whether it be the mother walking out of the shadows. A lot of people are predicting that and think that's it. Yep. Uh, and it's. Given that we just you just teased her teased us with her to remind us that she's dead, we, we, you know, the typical television would be to reveal her in four weeks as the uh, as the bad guy. I mean, we had that painting that was made, you know, a few that that was delivered to him and uh, yeah. you know thought to have been. Um, and, and just to jump back a second, there was this one moment at the end of the episode where she's saying, "You, that there's no choice. What could I do?" but kill myself. Right. And in my head, I'm saying you could uh, become invisible. You could right. run away. I mean, if, if, if you effectively died, you wouldn't be a threat anymore. It, that seems the unspoken words like that were, that but, were being said. But then there's your parallel to Lizzie, because Lizzie's not dead. <laughs> I mean, this show doesn't work without yeah. Megan Boone. So she, she's, she's not dead. Um, and... But she found a way to go away, so she's not a threat anymore. So she those parallels are still there. Yeah, her mother faked her death. We can't ignore Lizzie that. Lizzie faked her death. That's that's the parallel there. And you know how hell they'll both show up at the cliffhanger at the end of this season too. Um, you know both. They're end. gonna go four seasons without revealing Liz. 
Oh, well, no. Well, well, like four episodes? Yeah. I, I think they might. Uh, th- there's a lot of people out there that are guessing that that's what they might do. And, uh, you know, looking into next week's episode, uh, just for a little preview, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm not getting the sense that we're going to see her, no. at least for the bulk of the episode. So if she shows up, it would be at the end. Uh, I, I I think we they could tease that for a couple weeks and, uh, and uh, not show her again. I know the actress herself um, recently had her baby, so I didn't... I don't pay attention to the actors outside of the show. I just pay attention to the characters within the show. So I didn't realize she was really pregnant. So, I, but I, though I don't believe they wrote in the pregnancy, I think that was intentional, yeah. and she just happened to be pregnant at the same time. But they, it was neat that they didn't have to hide her pregnancy. Well, you're gonna plan this it. This is how you do it. Yeah. All right, we're gonna allow you to get pregnant, but you gotta do it here because it would yeah. be really this cool. Is, this yeah. is perfect. It'll save us some, you know, money on makeup and stuff, and. uh but if she really was pregnant while well, she's hanging out of that car in last week's episode and shooting a gun, I mean, that's well, dedication to the craft. Stunt pregnant people. <laughs> I don't know. She looked pretty good doing it. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, okay, so that that's what we got for now. So, yeah, neat episode. Lots yep. of good conversation there, and I think we got a you know, nice uh, run to the next. I Actually, and, and we might not see Dave till the end either. I have no idea. Uh, he's he's probably Morning Prince, or he's just got a lot of work to do. But uh, I think you'll be back with me next week. If not, it'll might be Dave back. So yep. we'll see. But it's always fun to have you on this one. So, um, all right. So go ahead and uh, email us uh, your thoughts, ideas, and feelings. Uh, blacklist at podcasterbia.com. You could also uh, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at podcasterbia and iTunes website. Reddit. I don't Reviews. care. You can just find us somewhere. Give it give it give us stuff we like it. We appreciate. It. So for me, Brian, him, Sam, that's it. We'll see you next time. Good night.